Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, good morning and uh, welcome back to this fiasco we call the Casper and Chris Show. We're a fiasco today? Oh, yeah. We're a calamity, fiasco, you name it. Yeah. Just somewhere around in there. Cluster? You can also be a part of this cluster, mm-hmm. fiasco, calamity, uh, by calling us up. That's always encouraged to take part in the show. 208-336-3700. Toll-free 1-800-529-5264. From wherever you might be listening today. And, of course, still uh, before sunrise. So we're going far and wide. All right. Hopefully. Uh, I... I don't know if anybody's listening far and wide, but at least we're broadcasting that far out this morning. True. You can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Some of the things that we'll be uh, talking about this morning, there is a uh, new candidate who has entered the race for Republican presidential race. Talking about Tim Scott? Yeah. Yeah. I actually like Tim Scott a lot. Now, at this point, he is getting about 1% mm. of polling in so the GOP primary. So you're saying there's work to be done. I'm saying that it's going to be interesting in a couple of months to see where this polling is because mm-hmm. nobody, you know, he hadn't basically been on anybody's, you know, list as of yet. He didn't announce until yesterday. However, if you're looking for something opposite of Trump and DeSantis, Tim Scott gives you that. All right. And well, ju- I mean, so would probably most Democrats, but uh, well, I mean, who wants if, a Democrat as president? Okay, okay, but if you're looking for something opposite, that's still a Republican. <laughs> yes, if you're okay. if you're looking for something I, opposite, I, I it's can, still you know, a Republican. I can see where you're going with that. He's he's got uh, the uh, evangelical base. He has minority base that DeSantis and Trump can't give you, and he also this is where this is the interesting part. He is going to be one of the most well-funded candidates in the race. Is that right? He already has $22 million in his war chest. Well, that, that does seem like a good start. And uh, he has the head of Oracle, who has already started a pack that should add another $60 million really? to it. So he, yeah, he's going to be starting the race with... is probably one of the, what, 10 or 20 richest people mm-hmm. in the world? Yeah. And uh, he is a big supporter of Tim Scott, helped mm-hmm. him uh, spend all, the most some of the most money in his Senate race um, out of anybody running for Senate. I think he he spent uh, double-digit millions of dollars. I don't know what the total price was, but he spent a lot of money in the Senate race when he ran in South South Carolina. Larry Ellison. Yes. That's the head of Oracle. So this could be an interesting race. We've talked about this before, and we'll talk more about this um, this morning. Um, it, it could be an interesting race because we've also said in the past, if you look back in the last two elections specifically, actually you could go back to the, the last three elections with Obama. Obama was not one of the top picks when he won the presidency in his primary a year out of the primary. All the winners... That would be back 24 then. Yeah. yeah back to 2008. Four, yeah, yeah four, four presidents. Elections. Elections. Um because that was uh, Obama-McCain in 2008. Right. And as far as the Democratic primary, he was not one of the top 10 people a year and a half out uh, mm-hmm. from the election. In the election when Trump was elected, 
Trump was not one of the top 10 people at this point ahead of the election. He moved to the forefront yeah, sometimes to win the primary. Sometimes it's, it's to your advantage not to have been in the headlines for like eight years or something. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the other thing that's an advantage for Tim Scott. Um, Tim Scott made his announcement yesterday. Um, what do you think Trump did? Uh, welcomed him, probably. He uh, welcomed this... him to the race and slammed DeSantis. There we go. <laughs> he didn't even, so he doesn't view Tim well, Scott to, yeah, yet to, to as, be, as a true. To, well, I don't think I don't think he thinks Tim Scott is after his people. <laughs> and Tim Scott's after his his own voters. Yeah. Um, but however, I mean, Trump likes to cl- claim that, you know, he has control of the evangelical Christian group of voters. Now, he did that with the help of Pence, because Pence was the one who had control of that. He's not going to have Pence as a vice president to help him do that this time. But I just found it interesting. You don't it, think they're going to kiss and make up? He didn't, he didn't slam Tim Scott. No. He slammed DeSantis yeah. <laughs> in the same sentence that he welcomed Tim Scott to the race for president. So we'll talk more about that. We'll get your thoughts. What are your thoughts about, uh, thoughts about that? Um, Tim Scott is going to have the, uh, news cycle for at least a day. We don't know. We're expecting. We've heard rumors that Ron DeSantis officially is supposed to enter the race this week. I don't know if that will change the fact that Tim Scott has entered. If he'll wait a few days, wait a week. Um, but as of, Last week, the rumor was that Ron DeSantis was mm-hmm. supposed to officially enter the race this week. Probably by this Friday. Well, remains to be seen. Yeah. We'll see if we'll see if that does happen, um, because as soon as that happens, then of course you move on to a new new cycle and you have a new presidential candidate. Um, so once again, that's one thing that we're going to be talking about coming up here uh, this morning. Uh, coming up this Wednesday, I want to, or this is tomorrow. Um, this is so cool because I thought there was no way in the world this was ever going to happen. Um, one of the top athletes in the world lives, uh, here in the Treasure Valley and, uh, he is going to be partaking in a huge, one of the most prestigious Indy races. The Indy 500 is happening as it does every Memorial Day weekend. Stingray Rob, by the way, Stingray is his real name. Uh, Stingray Rob from Payette is a rookie on the Indy race car circuit this year, and he qualified for the Indy 500 right. this coming weekend. I thought there was no way in the world on Indy Week I was going to be able to get him on the show, but I emailed his mom. <laughs> <laughs> then you found probably the one way in the yes. world. You go around everybody to mom, and mom, and I used the, the local angle. It's like, hey, we'd like to get you know all of... Stingrays, you know, Treasure Valley and Idaho fans, you know, an update on, mm-hmm. you know, what happened for qualifying racing and uh, what he's expecting and uh, his thoughts and process. I also want to talk to mom. She was there um, and get, you know, her thoughts on the race. And she's agreed to also talk with us. That'll be coming up tomorrow morning at about 835. Um, once again, Stingray Rob will be racing. Oh, sounds great. Last row. Of the Indy 500, but he made it. Yeah, I was going to say as a rookie. That's one more row, or that's one row up from where we've ever been. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be going on this weekend. Uh, I usually don't watch the Indy 500, but I'll be re-recording because the only interest, and I watched qualifying this week just because of right. Stingray Rob. Um, so if you're a fan, make sure you're listening in tomorrow. That's all it takes to become to become a fan of any sport. You just need an end of some sort. You know, yeah. like like all of a sudden you know somebody involved or. You go to a party and they all like one team. Well, and this is, I mean, this is a really big deal. This would be like, 
you know, Super Bowl Sunday. Sure. Um, you know, one of the starting players on the Super Bowl team, uh, we get a chance to talk to them during the week, which is almost impossible mm-hmm. because they are so busy doing things, getting ready for the Super Bowl. Like I said, I didn't think I was going to be able to, but uh, thanks to uh, Kimmy, his mom, um, <laughs> she has set it up so that we will talk oh, to it. So great. it's kind of cool. Uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Time for our first check on uh, other sporting activities going on with Rick Worthington. This update is brought to you by Pork Belly in downtown CUNA, the place to go for breakfast and lunch every day. They're open 7 a.m. to 2 p.m., seven days a week. Get in for breakfast today. The Western Conference Finals sure didn't take very long. The Denver Nuggets sweeping the Los Angeles Lakers. Denver basketball out of the timeout. Murray has it over to Jokic. Head fake and a drive on LeBron. Spins on him. Shoots over him. Jumper good. 102 to 98 is the score. Nikola Jokic on his eighth triple double of the postseason tonight. Jokic actually has been very, very good over the last several series, and that included last night. Jamal Murray has it across the timeline for Denver. Nuggets lead it by three points. He goes to the right hand. He's inside the arc. Nikola Jokic on a switch is guarded by Shooter. Now they switch back. Jokic picked up by Davis. Takes a tough three. Got it right at the horn! Oh, man! They're calling it a two. Mark Davis changed it to a two. 110 to 104, Denver. Well, whatever. Hey, look, the Los Angeles Lakers did a lot better than a lot of people gave them credit for in making it to the Western Conference Finals, but they were defeated by the Nuggets last night, 113 to 111. And now LeBron James, what will his future be? He's hinting at retirement from the game of basketball. He, by the way, did just finish his 20th season in the NBA, and this is what he had to say after the game last night. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. And um, just for me personally, going going forward with the game of basketball, I got a lot to think about. Now, there is some speculation that LeBron James will stick around long enough to see his son play in the NBA, who will be available in this year's NBA draft. Bronny James probably going to be one of the first three or four people picked in this year's NBA draft. I'm Rick Worthington. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. To start off the hearing, the judge read Brian Koberger his rights, and then he went and listed the five counts, the five charges that he's facing, those four counts of murder and that one count of burglary. Koberger declared that he understood the charges that he is facing, but as you said, when it came time for a plea, he remained silent. He did not enter a plea either way, and then his lawyer stood up and said, Your Honor, we are standing silent. And because of that, the judge had to enter not guilty pleas for him. Now, I just got off the phone with the University of Law professor who told me that this is highly unusual and it could have happened for a number of reasons. The first being that this case is under high high scrutiny. There's a lot of attention on this case and so entering a plea either way uh, would offer a characterization. Obviously if he entered guilty then that would uh, he would assume guilt there. If he entered not guilty then it's possible people could have been outraged that he wasn't taking responsibility uh, for his alleged actions. So by not saying anything, there's no characterization either way. What? I hate yeah, I, you even worse now. I probably would have gone with not guilty. 
the uh, interesting part about it is the lawyer standing up. We are standing mute. Yeah, we're not going to no, say. No, you just said something. Say a word. Let me repeat myself. <laughs> um, I guess the good news part of this, if there can be a good news part of this, is that he did not waive his right to a speedy trial. So we're not going to be cussing and discussing this for years on end like we have with Lori Vallow Vallow and Chad Daybell. Chad Daybell, still, we don't know exactly when he's going to be going to court because he waived his right to a speedy trial. That always gets me, though. You know, somebody uh, petitions the court and says, well, we don't have our case ready yet. And so the court says, okay, we'll get back together in six months. The judge has scheduled the Kohlberger trial to begin October 2nd. So October. See, that's a long time from now, too. First, to, well, I mean, legally, it has it's, to, it's it's this year. Yeah, uh, I mean, if he wouldn't have waived it, you could have been looking next year, or the year after, before they yeah. finally go to court. It would be like Chad Daybell. You know what I mean? Um, it's still possible that the trial expected to last six weeks could be delayed or moved to a different location. Late Hawk County Prosecutor Bill Thompson now has 60 days to inform the court whether he will seek the death penalty in the case. You would think that would be automatic. However, I would have thought the same thing with Lori Vallow. Mm. And they did not seek the death penalty in Lori Vallow's case. True, they did not. So now we just have to hope and pray that Arizona, where she faces new charges in a new trial, will invoke the death penalty in Arizona. Pray for the death penalty? I know, it seems weird. Uh, Seems like you're crossing lines somewhere. Maybe not. I don't know. Your thoughts, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in, you can also email us, chris at kboi.com, and mike at kboi.com. Text lines are also open, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 6.33 6.33, good morning. Thanks for listening in. By the way, just to let you know, I had said uh, earlier going to break that if you wanted to text us, you could also text us. Uh, apparently our text line um, technical errors right yeah. now, so we're not able to take your text. So normally those people who would text us, you might want to uh, take part in the show by emailing us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Best way, of course, though, is by calling us at 208-336-3700. Then you can uh, get through all the same. We're uh, working on uh, fixing those, and hopefully we'll have them fixed soon. Cloverdale Plumbing uh, brings you the hometown breakfast again this week. Looking forward to uh, kicking off your Memorial Day weekend, as we have done. This is the same way we've kicked off Memorial Day weekend. Same place. For the last four years. We started uh, when they officially had their grand opening Memorial Day weekend four years ago. We're going to be there celebrating with them again this week. You're invited to stop on by, uh, by looking for a Great place to fill up on gas. Maybe you're headed out of town uh, with uh, about 100,000 of your close personal friends. <laughs> if you're you going might, north, yeah. You might want to get the lowest price on gas that you can find. You can save up to $1.40 per gallon every single time you fill up. Uh, that's while coming in for breakfast. The only location of Earl's of Sandwich in the state of Idaho mm. is at Fast Eddie's. Earl of Sandwich voted number one fast casual sandwich stop in the nation. And they are located inside Fast Eddie's. Hope to see you there. Delicious 
breakfast burritos, which we have had for the past few years, breakfast sandwiches, and then, of course, they have lunch and dinner right. all day long. Don't forget, if you're looking for energy drinks, their KBOI hometown breakfast special this week. Buy one case of energy drinks, either Monster, Rain, NOS, or Full Throttle, and you get two free cases how do you stay in business when you're selling at that? You pay for one and take home three. You take home three. It's wow. just absolutely crazy. But that's a special this week for the Hometown Breakfast. Hope to see you there. We'll be broadcasting live all morning long beginning at 6 o'clock. It is another one of those locations who open up at 6 o'clock and get hot coffee, energy drinks, all that and more. Once again, it's the Hometown Breakfast brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing this week. Fast Eddie's in Meridian. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 640, a little cooler this morning than yesterday at the same time. We're at 53 degrees in downtown Boise. American Film Institute uh, just released their list of the 100 greatest movie quotes of all time. Any guess on what they chose as number one? What would be uh, your Um, favorite quote? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. That is the number one movie quote of all time. That was a fairly good guess. Yeah, and and I I think deservedly so. There are some that I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, AFI's number two movie quote of all time. I'm going to make him an offer again. Yeah. I got no problem with that one. <laughs> Number three. I could have been a contender. On the waterfront. Could have been somebody. Yeah, I and no problem number with two. that one. Number two and three, by the way, both Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four. No problem with that one whatsoever. <laughs> and number five, another one I don't have a problem with. Mm-hmm. Bogey from Casablanca. Yeah, those are the uh, top five, uh, six. Go ahead and make my day. Clint Eastwood, Dirty mm-hmm. Harry. Um, all right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Sunset Boulevard. That's number seven. May the Force be with you. Uh, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I might move that up a couple of may slots. The, may the Force be with you. Um, fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Yeah, that's uh, all about Eve, Betty Davis. Number 10, you talking to me? Yeah. Taxi driver. Taxi driver, Robert De Niro. Um, one of my favorites, and I, I personally believe this is just me, thinking that maybe this one should be a, a little bit higher. Okay. <laughs> um, love that movie. Mm-hmm. Love that line. Cool, Struther, cool Hand Luke. Str- Struther Martin yeah. from Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. yeah, that was number 11. I mean, it could be a little bit higher. It's not bad. Some of those that didn't make the list that I think should have been uh, on there, I, I think this is a good one. Charlton Heston, Planet of the Apes. There you go. Um, and this, this one, I just love this one because it's so true. That it's a mad, 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 mad world. Yes, Jonathan Winters. Uh huh. Very good. Uh huh. Um, those two are not not on the uh, list, uh, and I, I truly believe that See, those. You can make your own list and have a you thousand. Could. On. You yeah. could very easily. Um, like I said, that's just one of my favorites because it's kind of true. <laughs> Top of uh, my list, probably. If you build it, 
he will come. Oh, that's another good one. That's probably somewhere in the top 100. Uh, I didn't get a chance to dissect the entire top 100 list. Um, my guess would Look, be that Daddy, that would be on there. Teacher says, when a bell <laughs> rings, an angel gets his wings. Where's that one from? That's, never, it's a wonderful one. I have life. never heard that ever before. Oh, come on. <laughs> Um, this one, this one is at number sixty-one, and I think this one definitely needs to be higher. Say hello to my little friend, oh, yeah. Al Pacino, Scarface. That one's only at sixty-one. That's that's how many good ones there are. Yeah, it really is. And I, I mean, this is all subjective. Mm-hmm. Titanic checking in, just barely making the uh, list. I'm king of the world. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Became sort of infamous because uh, when James Cameron won the Oscar, he got up and said, I'm king of the world. And for some reason, people forgot that was in the movie, and they thought, well, this guy's arrogant. (laughs) 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Time for another check on what's going on with sports. Once again, this morning with Rick Wordenson, as usual, it is brought to you by our good friends at Pork Belly and Cuna. Get in and find out why Chef Wally is loving the fact that he gets to be the culinary consultant. He's there every morning making stuff from scratch, also working on an all-new menu. If you want to check out their menu items right now, you can always do that at porkbellyidaho.com. And don't forget to follow them on social media, on Facebook. Uh, you can get in on some of their weekly specials. Should be fun to watch the baseball tonight as the Boise Hawks open the 2023 season tonight at home. They'll do so against the Idaho Falls Chuckers. Here's Bob Beeler. Right-handed pitcher Matt Gabbard is back for his third season with the Hawks. Last year, he led the team in both wins and strikeouts and talked about where he thought he developed most. Trusting your catcher and thinking through it instead of just, okay, that was a good pitch. I'm going to come back with a fastball because I feel like it. That's one thing that I think my game has improved a lot and more just trusting in myself and my catcher. Gabbard talked about where he wanted to be better this year. Consistency. I mean, if you look at the first year and my second year, the consistency's gotten a little bit better, and I kind of just want to keep following that trend. Gabbard is six foot four, 220 pounds, and is from Spokane. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. When you're not playing very good baseball, the best thing you could do is play the Oakland A's, which is exactly what the Seattle Mariners were doing at home last night. Here's the stretch by Muller. Julio lead, pitch to Kelnick, swing and a drive deep to center field. This one is going, where's it going to land? Way up at the top of the upper deck to the right of the batter's eye. Holy smokes, Jared Kelnick with a drive to center field. Puts the Mariners on top, two to nothing. Kelnick wouldn't be the only one to go deep. The stretch and the next off of the way, swing and a well-hit ball. Deep to left center field. Is that number two and it is goodbye baseball. Holy smokes, Jose Caballero with a three-run home run into the Mariners' bullpen. In left center field, the Mariners lead the A's. Five to nothing. Mariners hit really well last night, but the A's don't pitch very well. Anyway, the Mariners beat the A's by a score of eleven to two. What does that do in the AL West? The A's are ten and thirty-nine. They're twenty games back of the first place Texas Rangers, while the Mariners are twenty-three and twenty-four, still one game under five hundred. I'm Rick Worthington. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 6.57, it is 53 degrees in downtown Boise. Got our uh, 
Damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Silverhawk Realty. Coming up for you this morning, another shot at a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue could be yours. R&R Barbecue, great place to go in downtown Boise. Also uh, in Meridian, just south of the village at Meridian. Use this for either one of the locations. Our question today to start working on, there is one number and one number only. That when spelled out, the spelling is in alphabetical order. All the letters. All the letters are in order. So in other words, if there was a number that started with the letter A, that would be one. Then B, C, D. Absent. Um, that would be, uh, how, that's the best way I can explain it. Right. So all the numbers are in alphabetical order. They're not in sequential order, but alphabetical order. If you know what that is, there's only one number. What is it? If you know the answer, stick around after 820. You can get that $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. That can be yours. By the way, R&R Barbecue was one of our sweet deals. Sold out very quickly, so here's your chance to get that. Um, coming into Memorial Day weekend, we've got a couple of sweet deals for you. Uh, one of them, by the way, is extremely li- limited. And when I say extremely limited, there's only four. And it's because it, it costs a decent deal, uh, amount of money. But here's here's the important thing. Even though it's $800, normally if you were going to buy this yourself, a once-in-a-lifetime trip on the Hell's Canyon, whitewater rafting, with everything included, we're talking they set up your tents for you, you have some amazing food that they make for you, all your meals are made for you, you pretty much don't have to do anything except enjoy the scenery and have fun. Hell's Canyon Whitewater Rafting Adventure, all-inclusive vacation, jam-packed adventure that you'll you'll never forget. This is one of the top places that people travel around the world to go to, um, and you have a chance to do it. This coming Friday at 9 o'clock goes on sale, $1,500 package, yours only for $800, but keep in mind, there are only four packages available. Once again, it goes on at 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock sharp. Make sure that you're loaded in, locked, and ready to go. KBOI.com. Click on the Sweet Deal link and take advantage of that once-in-a-lifetime trip. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 53 degrees in downtown Boise. He's Chris Salton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. Remember, you can always take part in the show, and it's very easy to do. You can call us up at 208-336-3700. If you have a Verizon wireless phone, just hit pound 670. Toll free, 1-800-529-5264. You can email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Uh, do not try and text us this morning. Um, and, and let me just check real yet. Yep, text. Uh, our text line is down as of right now. So if you try to text us, uh, we're not going to get it. So if you want to participate in the show, feel free to email us instead of texting if uh, you can't make a phone call. But like I said, easiest way to do that is by uh, calling us. Phone lines, as I mentioned, are open. Um, no debt ceiling increase yesterday the negotiations happened again late yesterday afternoon president biden uh met with speaker mccarthy and both saying that it looks like they're getting a little closer although both saying that they are far apart this is uh speaker mccarthy right after he came out of the meeting um late yesterday afternoon welcome back back. so we just came back from the white house i thought the meeting was productive um I thought it was more productive than the other meetings, but we still have differences. Uh, We left the meeting with um, (coughs) directing 
the members and the staff to get back together, work through the night, knowing where some of our differences lie, see if there's other ideas of where we can work through. But I've been very clear ever since February 1st. I mean, here we are, June 1st being the deadline. This is not how government should work. This is not how the Republicans want it to work. When, when I got elected speaker, I, as early as January 15, I requested a meeting with the president regarding debt ceiling. We all knew this day was going to come. We thought it would come later. And I sat with him on February 1st saying, let's work through this together. Let's find where we can find common ground. That we can curve the our amount of spending, uh, make our economy stronger, curve inflation and make us less dependent upon China. But he told me for 97 days they wouldn't meet with us. That's really why we're where we are today. The House Republicans, they took action. The Senate never did anything. And that, that also made it much more difficult because you would have had two bills that you could conference together. Um, we've been working, as you know, day in and day out trying to get to an agreement. I've been very clear with the President from day one. We're not going to raise taxes. We've got more revenue coming in to government in a 50-year average than any other time in the history. Only two other times do we have this higher percentage. But the problem is we're spending more than almost any time in modern history. So it's a spending problem. We should pull back money that's been wasted. We should help people get jobs by having work requirements. We've seen that work time and again. We should find ways that we cap the amount of spending going outlay because the Democrats had spent so much. Even, even Joe Manchin had thought of that idea of a 1% cap going forward. I think these are a lot of productive ideas that we have out there. And I think we can, at the end of the day, come to a common ground agreement. And so Once again, that was uh, Speaker Kevin McCarthy immediately after the meeting yesterday. Uh, it is interesting that both sides... You know, say, hey, we've we've only got 10 more days to uh, mm-hmm. get this done. However, Janet Yellen yesterday reminded both sides and everybody else, you don't have 10 days to get this done. <laughs> 10 days is when she says that there are certain bills that the United States will no longer be able to pay because there will be no money to pay those bills. And so you don't have 10 days because if you wait for nine days or eight days, there won't be time enough to jam this through, get it signed, and then get it officially done. Even though, you, hey, we've, we're done. It's still going to be problematic if you mm-hmm. wait, you know, eight or nine days before. Um, so they don't, they don't have 10 days. So they don't have instant administration of things. No. And part of the problem is because officially, you know, the government, the debt ceiling was hit back in january and since then they've been moving money around to be able to pay all the bills that they are required to pay so even though the debt ceiling was hit they're actually going to be running out of money to pay those certain bills and we'll have to prioritize what gets paid uh, kind of in the debt attic right now kbli news time 715 that's your latest update on the uh, debt ceiling stock market just kind of sitting there waiting not doing a whole lot We'll talk with uh, Nick Daniels on the way next about your money on the way. First, though, let's get another check on what's going on with sports. With Rick Worthington, brought to you by Pork Belly in CUNA, the best breakfast and lunch in CUNA at the Pork Belly in downtown CUNA. Eager to prove it to you, too. See the entire menu at porkbellyidaho.com. Also, don't forget, like them on Facebook, and you can get in on some of their daily specials. How about some NFL news for you today? And something I didn't think I would see happen, the Las Vegas Raiders ownership Mark Davis being the forefront of that, acknowledging yesterday that he has come to an agreement with none other than Tom Brady for the retired quarterback and future Pro Football Hall of Famer to join the organization's ownership group. Believe it or not, 
There are two other people that are involved in this, George Hallis and Jerry Richardson. Now, Brady is also part of Davis's WNBA champion Las Vegas Aces ownership group, acquiring a stake in that back in March. At least 24 current NFL team owners have to approve Brady's partnership, which is the case with all minority and majority owners. It's believed that Brady's 10-year, $375 million contract to broadcast NFL games with Fox, which is due to start in 2024, would be unaffected by the investment in the Raiders. It's been said for quite some time, though, that Tom Brady wanted to have some type of a stake in the NFL, but with the Raiders specifically, didn't see that one coming. Here's something else that could affect Las Vegas sports in some way, shape, or form, because the Oakland A's are also said to be moving to Las Vegas. But the A's broadcaster, Glenn Kuyper, was fired by NBC Sports California after he used a racial slur during a telecast while describing a trip to the Negro League Baseball Museum. Kuyper was suspended by the network earlier this month after the slur that aired during a pregame segment of the A's game against the Kansas City Royals back on May 5th. Now, just so we're clear, Kuyper was talking about going to the Negro Baseball Hall of Fame. And when he mispronounced the word Negro, well, he got suspended for it. And now he's been fired. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Head of the uh, opening of the stock market here in about seven minutes or so. We look, we're down over 100, point on, 100 points on the uh, Dow. Index is all down. Um, but over the last week or so, it just seems like you're up a little, you're down a little, up a little, down a little. Question for you. Nick Daniels with us once again, uh, filling in for Jeremiah Bates uh, one more day, talking about your money. If we see them put a deal together uh, like within the next few days, uh, I'm not talking about June 1st or after June 1st, um, but if we see a deal in the next couple of days, are we going to see a big jump in the stock market? Well, that's a really good question, Mike. Are we going to see a big jump? I think I think what I would expect to see if we, and fingers crossed, we do see a deal done here in the next couple of days, sooner rather than later would be much better for everyone. I think when that happens and if that happens, what we're going to see is a steady a steady gain again. Um, right now it's you know like last week we were up a percent down a percent up a percent down a percent and then the last uh, it kind of ended up the week being positive overall. Right now it's essentially flat every single day because all investors especially at the institutional level they're just taking a wait and see approach. And one thing I mean we we repeat on it over and over again is that the markets don't like uncertainty. So once we have a clear direction which, again, fingers crossed, the U.S. is not going to default on its debt obligations. I believe we'll see the institutional investors get back in and start picking things up. There's stuff that's on sale right now. There's good buys out there in the market. Uh, it just makes sense. So I would I would expect some kind of some slow and steady gains if that if that answers your question. So um, before we let you go, just real quickly, uh, Lowe's also uh, released their earnings. Not good, right? Yeah, their earnings missed their expectations. Um, they fell 4.3% year over year from the same time period last year, and analysts were expecting it to only drop around 3%. 
That's a big deal. I mean, I was thinking about it like if you own the market on bottled water and we're able to sell a bottle of water for a dollar last year and this year you're only able to sell it for 96 cents, that's a lot of money multiplied over all of the bottles of water that you're going to sell. So it is a big deal. It just shows that consumers are being forced to spend money on those staples versus those extras. You know, you might have thought about repainting a bedroom this year. And now you're not because you're just worried about buying groceries and putting gas in the vehicle. So it's kind of a sign of what's going on to the U.S. consumer. All right. Looking uh, like we're going to be opening up on the downside. We'll keep an eye on that here in a few minutes. Get an update for you later this morning. And uh, you've done such a great job today and yesterday. We're going to give you the rest of the week off. Oh, well, thank you, guys. (laughs) Jeremiah Bates should be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, Thanks for filling in for him for the uh, past 10 days. No problem. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 7.33, we told you about the uh, whitewater rafting on the Hell's Canyon. In the Hell's Canyon, that's one of our sweet deals coming up. There are only four of those available. We do have two sweet deals available for you this week. The other one is a food deal that you can take advantage of. $50 gift certificate for only 25 bucks at uh, Weezer, Idaho's oh, yeah. famous legends on the main restaurant and bar. They're proud, locally grown fresh produce and beef, homemade bacon relish. Let me rephrase that again. Homemade bacon relish. <laughs> You've had that before, haven't you? Man, it's uh, good. Not that I can remember. Oh, bacon relish is the best. And that, and that does seem like something I would remember. Out of out of all the relishes, it's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, outstanding homemade fry sauce that also include bacon bits in the fry sauce. Man, oh. if you can make fry sauce better, there it is. Always find hand why are, select. Why are we not on the way there now? <laughs> hand cut finger steaks with a secret beer batter recipe. You're going to love it. All their burgers are made from Wagyu beef. Served with your choice of ciabatta bread buns or even better, their famous pretzel bun. And this deal goes on sale. Want to take advantage of it? You live in uh, or around Weezer, or even if you're here in the Treasure Valley, it's definitely worth the drive. It's a chance for you to get that deal coming up this Friday morning. Go to KBOI.com, click on the Sweet Deals link, and that $50 gift certificate is yours for only 25 bucks to Legends on the Main in Weezer. Now, don't forget, as usual, you don't have to wait until Friday. There are Sweet Deals available for you right now if you want to uh, take advantage of some of those deals. Once again, you can check those out. Still available. Two of the best deals on there right now. You want to load up in time for Christmas, get your Christmas shopping done for your kids or grandkids. Handheld game console, 400 built-in games and a controller available right now for only $15. This is usually it would cost you 60 bucks. This is one of the really good deals going on right now. $60 value, $14.99. They also have a 100 pack of US American flag forever stamps. So this is all you will ever pay. Doesn't matter if the price goes up. By the way, this is a fantastic deal too. This would cost you $65 because stamps are now 65 cents mm. each. There's a hundred stamps. You can get them on special for $51.99. Those are two of the great deals that you can get right now. Check them out today. KBY.com. Click on the sweet deals link and just uh, get view deal and then purchase it right now. Take advantage. KBY.com. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 741, uh, we got a uh, great reminder yesterday how close we live to nature here in the Treasure Valley. (laughs) 
A moose was loose. Hey, hey Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. <laughs> a moose was on the loose almost all day yesterday, wandering through Boise neighborhoods, becoming the subject of a whole bunch of social media posts. Also, a uh, frantic Idaho Department of Fish and Game pursuit. Moose was first spotted near Shenandoah Drive and Shaw Mountain Road in East uh, End about 7.15 yesterday morning. About an hour later, made its way to the north end. Sightings began pouring in on social media. Nearly a dozen uh, commentators uh, said that they had seen the animal everywhere from Kestrel Trail in Hulls Gulch to Harrison Boulevard. Yes, right down Harrison Boulevard. (laughs) Is that a moose? Probably wanted some of those big candy bars. Other posts showed the animal trotting across grass at Camel's Back Park later in the day. According to the uh, agency, conservation officers and Boise police officers attempted to sedate the moose. Oh, was bedded down near 27th and Irene Streets. Fishing Game said the moose then fled to Camelsback Park. Last seen headed away from the urban center. Hopefully it would made its way into the upper foothills, but if it lingers in neighborhoods where it could pose a public safety hazard, said that they will do their best to relocate it. Keep in mind, you know, the the moose, if you see the pictures of moose or you see a moose, yeah. they look they really look really cuddly and, and nice. Docile. M- moose are not nice. Then when you get up close, they're much larger. You do not want to approach a moose because they are very territorial and they will charge and trample you to death. No offense. It's it's not like it's not like Buffalo where you can go up and write and pet them apparently and you know, <laughs> again I'm kidding. <laughs> I bring that up yes. because another idiot yes. in Yellowstone Park was trampled because this year because yeah. they went to try to take a selfie with a, with a bison in Yellowstone Park. See, they always assume that they're like cattle, and if you get near, near them, they'll just continue to stand there and stare at you. No. Yeah. No, they'll do that for a, a short time, and then they'll decide, you know. I'm irritated. It occurs to me I have these horns. I might as well use them. Yeah. Um. This also leads us, uh, this didn't take take place here in the Treasure Valley, but it is... This happened in Canada. A Canadian cyclist ended up uh, getting hurt. Uh, now, this guy had thought his entire life that there was a chance he might someday hit a deer because he likes to go mountain biking in the mountains. Um, his fear came kind of to fruition. However, he did not hit a deer. He hit something else. I always thought, like, you know, maybe one day I'd hit a deer, right? Never thought it'd be a bear. He starts running across the road, and I just smacked right into him. And then I went flying right over top of him. He's kind of looking over at us. He's he's sniffing at the air. He's just kind of curious. And then Sam started yelling at the bear, just trying to scare him off. <sighs> I couldn't even imagine hitting a bear with your mountain bike going uh, end over end. Yeah. And the first thing, I, I don't know, I think I would talk, yell at the are bear. Are we talking I, about a bicycle? Yes. Oh. <laughs> a mountain bike. He hit the bear who was in the middle of his trail. And uh, luckily, nobody was hurt because usually uh, bears, um, you yeah. know, they're kind of territorial too. Uh, they not only charge and trample you, but they'll charge and maul and bite you. So Good thing he didn't have a picnic basket. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he is safe. Uh, however, he will be doing... Um, a little bit of recovery, he uh, ended up with a broken shoulder blade and uh, road rash after the collision. More than he could bear. Ha! Ah! Ah! KVY News Time, 745. Gave, gave him pause. Oh, stop. Just stop yourself. What for? Go to your room and spank yourself. All right. Take a uh, final check of what's going on with sports this morning. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Kid on the place to go. 
open 45 minutes ago, and they will be open until 2 o'clock today. You want to find the best food you're going to find anywhere in Treasure Valley? Don't believe me. Check it out for yourself. I highly suggest chicken fried steak. It's probably the best chicken fried steak you're ever going to find. Pork belly in downtown Cunha. Should be fun to watch the baseball tonight as the Boise Hawks open the 2023 season tonight at home. They'll do so against the Idaho Falls Chuckers. Here's Bob Beeler. Right-handed pitcher Matt Gabbard is back for his third season with the Hawks. Last year, he led the team in both wins and strikeouts and talked about where he thought he developed most. Trusting your catcher and thinking through it instead of just, okay, that was a good pitch. I'm going to come back with a fastball because I feel like it. That's one thing that I think my game has improved a lot and more just trusting in myself and my catcher. Gabbert talked about where he wanted to be better this year. Consistency. I mean, if you look at the first year and my second year, the consistency's gotten a little bit better, and I kind of just want to keep following that trend. Gabbert is six four, 220 pounds, and is from Spokane. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. When you're not playing very good baseball, the best thing you could do is play the Oakland A's, which is exactly what the Seattle Mariners were doing at home last night. Here's the stretch by Muller. Julio lead, pitch to Kelnick, swing and a drive deep to center field. This one is going, where's it going to land? Way up at the top of the upper deck to the right of the batter's eye. Holy smokes, Jared Kelnick with a drive to center field. Puts the Mariners on top, two to nothing. Kelnick wouldn't be the only one to go deep. The stretch and the next off of the way, swing and a well hit ball. Deep to left center field. Is that number two and it is goodbye baseball. Holy smokes, Jose Caballero with a three-run home run into the Mariners' bullpen. In left center field, the Mariners lead the A's five to nothing. Mariners hit really well last night, but the A's don't pitch very well. Anyway, the Mariners beat the A's by a score of 11 to 2. What does that do in the ALS? The A's are 10 and 39. They're 20 games back of the first place Texas Rangers, while the Mariners are 23 and 24, still one game under 500. I'm Rick Worthington. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 752. It's 53 degrees in downtown Boise. 208 336 3700 pounds, 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through and take part in the show this morning, you can also email us chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Uh, don't, I repeat, don't try to text us. Our text lines are down as of right now. So if you have to get through and maybe you can't call us, you can email chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. We'll let you know when our text line is back open to begin texting again. Thought we would play a fun little game this morning called What is More Creepy? One of these might even be the creepy story of the Boy, year. That, that does sound fun. Our first story, you get you get a you get a pick. Which one of these is more creepy than the other? These are two news stories plucked out of the headlines. Our first story, um, you know what OnlyFans is, for those listening, I know Chris does. Um OnlyFans is a pornography website. I am only aware of it. I have never actually been there. Good, good cover. Right. Um, anyway, an Australian OnlyFans model um, found out recently her number one fan, who has spent thousands and thousands of dollars on her site, ended up being her stepdad. Oh, wow. Talia Madison says the man had been in her life since she was 11. When her mom found out, she kicked him to the curb. Here she is talking about the story. 
When I first started my website, I had this customer who was my number one customer, bought every single thing that I sent him, and she also had a very specific username on the website. And I had someone view my TikTok page with the exact same username, and underneath that, it said, from your contacts. I narrowed it down to six people, and one of them was my stepdad. I went with my gut feeling and I messaged the website account and I said, I know who this is. And within two minutes, got a text from my stepdad saying, hey, Tay, can we talk? Thanksgiving's going to be a little awkward this year in that household. (laughs) All right. And every other day, I'm guessing. So there's story number one. Is that more creepy or is this more creepy? Mm. Manager of a downtown Nashville, Tennessee Hilton hotel has been charged with aggravated burglary. An assault after allegedly sucking on the toes of a male guest while he was sleeping. David Patrick Neal was arrested after hotel guest Peter Brennan awoke around 5 a.m. to find the night manager indulging, indulging in his apparent foot fetish. He has filed a lawsuit. The lawsuit alleges that Neal cloned the key to Brennan's room, entered it during the early morning hours without knocking or announcing himself. Brennan reportedly screamed when he woke to find Neal sucking on his toes and immediately recognized him as one of the two hotel staff members who had been in his room the previous day to help him with his television. Neil reportedly told officers that the only reason he entered Brennan's room was because he smelled smoke and wanted to check on him for his safety. Were were his toes on fire? Apparently, apparently he was able to put it out. Neil did not report a smoke smoke smell to the hotel security, he said. Uh, And no one else, by the way, smelled any smoke in the room when they uh, showed up, when the police showed up. I vote toes, by the way. (laughs) The the other one was unfortunate and inappropriate, but Mm -hmm. the guy was a paying customer. (laughs) This one... No, it was his dad. This one, the guy broke into a hotel room and technically, physically assaulted someone. (laughs) Um, Brennan said that I was just so shocked. It was like, who are you? Why are you in my room? It was a nightmare. Hurry up and finish. It didn't make sense. Why is this pee? (laughs) Why is this person sucking on my toes? How much longer are you going to (laughs) be? All right. So, uh, vote. What is the most, what's the most creepy story? Is it, uh, the... Stepdad being the number one hand OnlyFans my, model of his phone. stepdaughter, or is it the toe sucking by the uh, hotel oh. manager? I, I vote toe sucking I vote by, toes, myself. Yeah. yeah, waking waking up early in the morning uh, by somebody sucking on your toes just not my way of starting out a great day. It, that it, might it, be the creepy story it, of the it, year, by it, the way. It does depend partially on who it is, but I, I do understand. Gave you on news time, uh, seven fifty six. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.06, good morning. Thanks for listening in to the Casper and Chris show. Phone lines open as usual. Take part in the show at 208. 336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Also toll free, 1-800-529-529. 5264, you can email us, Mike at KBY.com, Chris at KBY.com. One of the news stories, wanted to comment on that real uh, quickly here that you just heard a few moments ago about gas prices here in the Treasure Valley. Gas prices uh, nationally continue to fall. I am going to give you a suggestion. If you want to save on gas and you're almost empty, um, buy your gas this morning. The reason I say that 
Yesterday, gas prices jumped 10 cents a gallon, one of the uh, gas stations that I drive by. Now, this gas station, usually one of the first places to either raise Mm -hmm. prices or lower prices when they go down. So my guess is that by the time I go home tonight, the other three gas stations I pass that are next, fairly close to this area, will have also jumped their price up to four or above four dollars a gallon. So I'm just I'm just saying that because it looks like my I, I was hoping for a moment earlier this month I said maybe we might not get to four dollars a gallon by Memorial Day weekend. However, it's looking more and more like that is going to happen because here we are just a few days before Memorial Day weekend and this place jumped their gas prices four dollars a gallon yesterday uh, to four dollars a gallon jumped up 10 cents in uh, one day so wow. I'm, I'm really expecting that uh, prices around the Treasure was, Valley are going to be jumping today so if you're near empty fill up as fast as you can I was kind of hoping they they just you know somehow artificially keep it under four dollars because that's such a psychological uh, hit mm-hmm. uh, and yet I have no idea why I thought they would do that um, I was just hoping they wait till after Memorial Day weekend because I'm going to be going up. My uh, niece graduates from Nespers High School. By the way, very proud of her. She gra- graduates top 10 in her class at Nespers High School. <laughs> okay. Is there a punchline to this? There's nine people in her class. Oh, well, <laughs> nine people in her graduating class. But, uh, but it's still nobody. Usually nobody like you would ask that question. It's like, yeah, I graduated top 10 in the class. Fantastic. How how many people were in your class? Nine. Nine. <laughs> so um, I was hoping that because as I travel well, I, up through I Weezer, graduated with 425. Were you top 10? Uh, no, actually. I was top 40, but I wasn't top 10. I, I graduated 32. I wasn't top 10 either. Well, well done. Yeah. Um, looking at average prices uh, around Boise this morning, um, the current average is $3.88. Um. Now there are still some places like Costco where you can get uh, gas for three seventy. Albertsons, this is kind of surprising. Albertsons on uh, Lake Hazel Road, um, you can still get gas for three seventy a gallon. Um, so there are still places that have gas going. Those are some of the cheapest places if you want to drive away uh, ways to get your gas. But just be aware, gas prices probably going to be rising here within the next few days, just in time for everybody to be traveling once again for Memorial Day weekend. Seems like it happens every single year. Wanted to talk uh, a little bit about the uh, debt ceiling. Once again, um, we've got nine days. They met yesterday. President uh, Biden and Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, met in person for the first time in a little while yesterday um, and said that they are a little closer, but they're still quite a far ways. It seems like they're going to be one of those deals where they meet for two days, then they run out and go, we've decided on the menu. (laughs) Um, negotiators are due to meet again early this morning. White House negotiators will be back up on Capitol Hill Tuesday morning to meet with House Republicans as the two sides continue to work towards an agreement on the debt limit and spending cuts. The sticking points remain the same. Republicans will only raise the debt ceiling if the president agrees to deep federal spending cuts. They're also calling for new requirements for federal aid programs. The president has agreed to some spending cuts, but he's now calling for taxes on the wealthiest Americans and corporations. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and House 
Republicans say that's a non-starter. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Now, apparently, Janet Yellen yesterday, by the way, said if everybody's sitting there saying, hey, we have until June 1st to get this done, she reminded everybody, (laughs) we don't have that long. If you wait till June 1st, this is still going to be problematic because apparently there are a bunch of big bills due by January 2nd. The government Mm. has some big bills due in just the first two days of June. $47 billion for Medicare, $25 billion for Social Security, and tens of billions more for veterans' benefits and military salaries. Those payments could be delayed if Congress doesn't pass a deal in time. Now, there are things that they do agree on, uh, and and I call them low-hanging fruit. For instance, both Democrats and Republicans, or at least Joe Biden, has said that all the money that was set aside for COVID, now that COVID is officially over, it's no longer an emergency, that unspent COVID monies could be clawed back, and and that could be one thing. Republicans want to see that happen. And and Biden said he agrees. There's there's one thing that could be helped. Uh, Here's another thing that uh, news came out this week, uh, apparently a huge accounting error. $3 billion dollars. Um, yeah, that's pretty big. That's th- that's a huge mistake. I mean, when you and I make a mistake in our checking account, maybe a few dollars or whatever. And granted, now the federal government is is a much bigger entity. Yeah, but I've, I mean, good grief, they have paid professionals. How do you make a three billion dollar mistake? Right. I, I have to uh, admit, I've I've never made a ten figure mistake. Take a listen to this. This has at least three billion dollars that it didn't know it had that it can use for Ukraine aid. That's a hell of an accounting error, um, and it provides a lot of fodder to critics of USAID to Ukraine and critics who say there's not enough oversight going on. Um, are you concerned about this accounting error? Well, one thing I just want to make clear, that is not money that went out the, dis- the door and disappeared. That is not uh, a waste of that $3 billion. It is simply a tally of how much military equipment we have given them. And the way that the Pentagon was counting it was, what's the replacement cost for the equipment we provide, rather than just the actual cost of that equipment? Once you make that adjustment, it turns out we have an additional $3 billion that we can spend uh, to provide even more weapons to Ukraine. And at the end of the day, not one penny of U.S. dollars will have gone missing or have been misallocated. It will all be provided in the form of equipment to Ukraine on the battlefield. Care how you sugarcoat it? It's three, still a three billion dollar accounting mm-hmm. error. Yeah, whether you spent that money or not, it's three billion dollar error. Here's the thing: there is another place, three billion dollars, that has been unspent, but now saying, "Hey, we have this extra three billion dollars we didn't know we had that we can still send to the Ukraine." How about since you didn't know you had it, nobody's going to miss it. Let's take that $3 billion and add it back into the budget. There's another $3 billion mm-hmm. that you, you can help in negotiating so that we can get this budget ceiling increased in a timely manner, which seems to be more and more difficult because timely manner is uh, pretty much between uh, slim and what's, what's the saying? Estage in time, save nine. <laughs> I don't know. Slim just less town, yeah. Oh. Oh, chances are slim and next to none. And slim, slim and none and left, slim just left, left town. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Chuck gets me on Facebook. Says facts are that the U.S. has never defaulted, but also fact is we outspend at an unsustainable rate. For every dollar taxed, we spend a dollar twenty-nine. So raising the ceiling will last less than a year. Cutting spending by one percent will last less than a year. 
The true fact is politicians are playing us all. Fire them all. Okay. Well, and you can. I mean, you, yeah, that's that's what elections are for. I, like right? I said, I used to know somebody who said they they never voted for an incumbent. Another uh, message, no name on this one, says 2023 revenue will be $4.8 trillion. Total budgeted spending is $6.2 trillion. This kind of backs up what uh, Chuck just wrote in. It says 2023 mandatory spending is $3.84 trillion. The government will not default on its debt obligations, but discretionary spending must be cut. Default isn't even an accurate term. Instead, we get propaganda and fear-mongering. When politicians don't get what they want, they always claim the world will end. Mm-hmm. Don't buy into it. It's easy to research. <laughs> your thoughts, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Yes, I, I know we're talking about it again. For what, like the third day in the week? We talked mm-hmm. on Friday. We talked a little bit about it yesterday, but the meetings will continue today. Each day gets us closer and closer to what we don't know because we've never seen this happen before. We've been told by a lot of people that it's bad. It's bad. Will it be bad? I don't want to find out. Let's put it that way. I don't want to tempt fans. Well, let's find out if it really is that bad. Maybe it's not that bad after all. Let's do an experiment. Yeah, no. Boy, I, that didn't turn out well, did it? I don't want to do it. Uh, stick around. We'll take a break. Coming up here next, we've got a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. It's our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. On the way next after traffic and weather. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 822. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Silverhawk Realty, if you want to make sense of this market, they can help out with their expertise all you have to do is make one phone call, 208-888-4128. Bob is going to get first crack at our question today. Bob, we've got a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue, either of their locations, if you want to use it, downtown Boise or in Meridian. Bob, there is one number and one number only that when spelled out, the spelling is in alphabetical order. What number is it? Eight. Eight is not it. Keep trying. No. Keep trying. Okay. See, because the I... Would come screws, after the G and the H, so that yes. messes everything up. Yeah. Um, let's go to Brandon. I've always wanted to say this. Let's go, Brandon. Yeah, let's go. There is you one number. Yeah, and one number only that, when spelled out, it is in alphabetical order. What is it? Forty. Forty. 40. Is it? How long did it take right. you to count to forty to get to that? <laughs> Not very long. <laughs> <laughs> I asked Chris that number, was it yesterday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could tell, I could see his lips moving. He was counting. It, it took me about 40 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> hey, congratulations, Brandon. You got yourself a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbie. He'll hold on the line, all right? We'll get some information from you. Uh, don't forget, we've got $50 gift certificates to R&R Barbecue to give away all this week. So if you missed out a couple of weeks ago on the uh, sweet deal, that's we had the $50 for half price. Now it's absolutely free, and you have another chance to get some great barbecue. We'll have another chance for you coming up tomorrow morning. We'll take a break. News coming up here uh, at the bottom of the hour. Still on the way for you to talk about this morning. A new presidential candidate has entered the race as a Republican candidate. It's not probably the one that you were thinking that we told you was going to make an announcement last week, but this person could have a big effect on the race. We'll talk about that. Also on the way, another presidential candidate is about to be sued for $10 million. 
because of something he said. Bet you can't guess who it is. <laughs> we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about those stories and more. Plus, if you want to get through, our phone lines are open. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Monday's debt limit talks between Republican leadership and White House negotiators went on for close to three hours. Republican Congressman Patrick McHenry didn't go into specifics, but says he wants this week's talks to be productive, saying there's no interest in delaying tough conversations. President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy will most likely hold tough conversations in their one-on-one meeting. Though the two say their Sunday morning call was productive, McCarthy says they were still far apart on a deal. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to weigh in, you can email us, chris at kby.com, mike at kby.com. Don't text us. Text uh, line is currently down. So if you've been texting, wondering uh, why we haven't read your text, that is the reason. Text line currently down. We'll keep you updated uh, on that. If you want to weigh in on the talks on the uh, debt ceiling, it is interesting. You you still, we're, we're down to nine days. Mm-hmm. Actually, we're down to less than that. It has to be done sometime this week because they would have to have time to pass it. Remember, there are no senators in Washington, D.C. right now. They're on vacation this week. Head of the Memorial Day. They... Sent them home. Mm-hmm. Leader of the Senate sent them home. Now, they can be called back, but you can't just say, hey, be back tomorrow morning for your vote. You have to <laughs> give them a couple of days to get back because right. they could be you know, off vacationing somewhere. So um, they really realistically have just a few days, unless we want to wait and find out what happens if you don't get this passed in time. As you heard a little bit earlier this morning, there are some big bills that come due on June the 2nd. It is interesting to see both sides are doing this, and I don't understand why. You know, President Biden brought up yesterday that he wants to see an increase on certain taxes. Uh, That's a non-starter for Republicans. And the Republicans have done the same thing. They've brought up some things that they'd like to see cuts on that they basically have flat out said, Democrats and Biden have said, that that's not going to happen. So you have things that you can agree on. Why don't you put those lists down and go, okay, here are the things we can agree on. Boom, let's get those done. All right, there, now where, where else do we need to get to so that we can come to a bipartisan agreement and get this done like today? The very latest tomorrow. Other news? Donald Trump just basically lost a, not basically, he did lose a mm-hmm. civil libel suit. Or was it $3 million? $5 million? $5 million. $5 million. It's on appeal. E. Jean Carroll, due to him saying slanderous and libelous things. Mm -hmm. Apparently, he didn't learn his lesson. Was found liable of defaming and battering E. Jean Carroll earlier this month. He responded online and in interviews by saying Carroll's sexual assault allegation was politically motivated. Carroll now wants to add those statements by Trump to an earlier defamation lawsuit she filed against him that's been tied up in the courts if it's allowed to go forward. Carroll said those statements should entitle her to additional punitive damages. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. Carroll's new proposed amended lawsuit notes that. During his CNN town hall interview, Trump 
stated that he did not sexually abuse Carol, that he has no idea who Carol was, and that Carol's now proven accusation was fake and a made-up story. He could probably get away with saying all those things because that's the way he feels, that's his opinion. However, at the, at the end of that, he said, this was all created by a whack job. <laughs> Which is intended to be defamatory. Exactly. And may end up losing him another $10 million. This this comes weeks I'm after not, he I'm lost. Not gonna, I'm not going to take bets on whether he'll actually ever pay. I mean, it, it'll be appealed a lot. I'm guessing. Yeah, and eventually, though, you're going to get to a point where, all right, you've you've appealed as much as you can. Now you must pay. If if you're not a person of means, and you're ordered to pay five million dollars or ten million dollars or whatever in, in a civil lawsuit, and you don't have property, money, cash, whatever that comes up to a value of $5 million or $10 million, you might not be forced to pay. However, you can put liens on a lot of Trump property that is worth way more than 5 or $10 million. Yeah, one would assume. Sure. And, you know, if you end up saying, I'm not going to pay you, you put a lien on that, and then the, uh, the courts will force that whatever piece of property to be sold and taking the money out. Did you imagine if he is forced to... They have to put a lien on his golf course. Which one? His fa- I, I would start with his favorite one where he plays all the time in Florida. Now, granted, this, this is going to be a while to go through the courts, but you, I, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things. Whether you like Trump, you dislike him, or whatever, you, at, at some point you have to say, God, why, don't you, why are you still sitting here doing stuff? You just got... Five million dollars against you. I know you say you're going to appeal, which just because he says he does, he's going to appeal doesn't mean he can appeal. You can't just say I appeal, spit three times on the floor, turn around, and the appeal automatically happens. A no, court, not anymore. A court has to agree that something got screwed up in the original court case. There was mistakes made, and that's why the appeal would happen. I don't. I don't personally think that there's any way that this is going to be appealed. I could be wrong. I'm not a lawyer. I just play one on the radio from time to time. <laughs> but, I mean, you just got two weeks ago, and anything you said there, probably fine until you called her a whack job. Whack job is defamatory. Well, most uh, attorneys, after a case like that, will say now, hereafter, whatever you do, uh, just try to avoid mentioning her at all in any sort of you know, interview, or if if somebody asks you about it, say I don't want to say anything about that because I already got sued. Just that, and you can say that in legally, nothing would happen to you. But apparently, they didn't remind him of that. You don't think? I don't know. He could just, he, you know, he could just be saying, "Hey, I don't, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want." Yeah, and he has enough money probably that even if he lost another ten million dollars in a civil lawsuit, it's not going to break him, right? Because as, as he has well, claimed, he is worth billions one, of dollars. One would assume it would not break him. That's correct. Yeah. We bring this up because it's going to be interesting now to watch. We have one person who entered the race yesterday. And it's not the person that people were expecting. We had told you last week that the uh, next person to enter the race we thought was going to be Ron DeSantis. Now, apparently he is still... Possibly due to announce officially that he is going to be running for president. However, it maybe he waits a week or so, um, allows some of the uh, media 
to die down over the latest person to announce. That latest person to announce, Tim Scott, mm-hmm. yesterday officially kicked off his 2024 GOP presidential campaign. Tim Scott, Republican senator from South Carolina, African-American, announced today for president. Take a listen. We live in the land where it is absolutely possible for a kid raised in poverty in a single parent household in a small apartment to one day serve in the people's house and maybe even the White House. Reasonable people can agree that if he was a Democrat, this would be the Cinderella story that that everyone would love. The option for the media is A, uh, ignore Tim Scott, or B, attack him. It seems as though ignore probably is the best thing for them and maybe even for Tim Scott. If they do, if there, if there is an attack from the left on Tim Scott, if they end up having to attack him as he rises in the polls, what will it look like? Oh, I think uh, I'm not sure what the attack would be. Perhaps, you know, to quote what I think Bill O'Reilly said earlier on the show, not sure that he has the gravity to pull us together. I thought his speech was fantastic, and I thought it got a lot of coverage, you know, across the board. I thought his, his speech was very, very positive, which was unique for a Republican candidate. Um, the attacks, I think, would be that he's, uh, from the left at least, would be that you know, he's junior, he hasn't put forth a lot of his own legislation, uh, and perhaps he's just looking to sort of be become, you know, a front runner's vice presidential candidate, which he, you know, he, he brings South Carolina, he would bring uh, African American voting bloc, theoretically, uh, he, he, you know, he checks a lot of boxes. Um, I, I don't think people are necessarily attacking him, because I don't think a people see him as a very serious or viable candidate yet. But also, he's a good guy. His message is really was really was was positive, and I think that was refreshing, regardless of where you are in the political spectrum. It was a nice speech. Yeah, it certainly felt to me uh, a little bit more like a general election rally speech than it did a primary. A primary. Well, so, I mean, people people want to. I think people re, you know hope you know they, they want to hey, bridge hope, to the twentieth century. Hope and change. It almost reminded me a little bit of Barack Obama's 2004 DNC speech. I don't know why that just came to me, but that was my. I think think that's right. I think it's a. You know, you can argue that he's kind of a Rockefeller Republican, not unlike Obama a little bit. uh, Well, how he sold himself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A few few iterations ago. All right, Colby, we got to run. Thank you. Once again, uh, that is Tim Scott officially kicking off his 2024 campaign. If you're wondering what uh, Donald Trump had to say, did he slam him? Did he come up with a uh, name to call him? No. On a true social post yesterday, he wished Scott good luck in yeah, entering the GOP true. primary. And then he bashed DeSantis. <laughs> you got to do something. So um, yeah, just sit around. I, I don't know if it's that he likes Tim Scott or doesn't view Tim Scott necessarily yet as a threat. DeSantis, however, is, according to polling, the closest threat to Donald Trump as of right now. But you don't have a lot of polling going on with Tim Scott because he hadn't announced that he was running. So as of right now, he's receiving about 1% in polling. Trump, by far and away, getting most of the polling at 61%. Even DeSantis is about 20 points behind. 
Now, here's here's where things will get interesting. This will be something to watch over the next couple of months now that people know that he's going to be running and will be paying attention. Like I said, he had he had a really good message. It was uplifting and positive as far as his announcement goes. Didn't call anybody names. Um, he has a lot of money behind him. Scott is one of the Senate's most formidable fundraisers right now. Enters the race with $22 million in hand yeah, as not, of today. Not bad. He's already made a $6 million ad buy in early primary states of uh, Iowa and New Hampshire. And in addition to that, he has the backing of Oracle's Larry Ellison, who has who already funded a $30 million. Extremely, yeah, extremely deep pockets. He has already uh, funded a $30 million Pro Scott Super PAC and is uh, intending to add another $30 million to that Super PAC. So he would have on hand just under $100 million to get underway with his campaign. That's why I say this is going to be interesting. Even though he was only polling currently at 1%, he has a lot of money, and uh, money does talk. We'll take a break. Uh, Your thoughts about uh, Scott entering the race. I personally, I like him. I I do. I, I do like him. And he is... Kind of the opposite of what you get with both Trump and DeSantis. But he is entering a very crowded field. We'll tell you who else is running when we come back after this. Plus, if you want to weigh in on uh, your thoughts uh, of either him entering the race or, as we mentioned, Governor DeSantis of Florida expected to announce sometime this week. We'll uh, let you do that, too, at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.52. Full nights are open, 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Remember, you can email us, chris at kbui.com, mike at kbui.com. Don't text us. Our text line is down as of right now. We'll let you know when it's back open. So if you uh, have texted us and wondering why we haven't read your text, there's the reason. And you can email us, as I mentioned. Or, like I said, easier to call. You can also call toll-free 1-800-529-5264. So uh, our GOP candidates so far, we've got Nikki Haley, South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, Former President Donald Trump, former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, uh, entrepreneur Vivek Ramswamy, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, expected to announce either sometime in the next few days this week. He, who knows? Maybe now that Tim Scott has officially announced yesterday, he may wait a couple of days, allow him uh, a few days media coverage. Uh, but he is expected to announce sometime this week. And then you have Senator Tim Scott. Weigh in on your thoughts on those. Um, my prediction remains the same. I, I think by the time that we get to the primaries next year at this time, um, you're going to see a front runner who is not the same front runner as is as of right now. You don't think it'll GOP. be Donald Trump, then? I think by the time they get ready to pick, and this is nothing more than feelings, an opinion, um, I don't think Donald Trump will be the front runner by the time the primary rolls around. Or if he is the front runner, I think two or three people are going to be in really, really close striking distance. Some others that are expected to uh, announce for the presidency on the Republican ticket, uh, but as yet have not. Uh, Governor Chris Sununu from New Hampshire, uh, Miami Mayor Francis Suarez, uh, there is uh, former Governor Rick Perry of Texas, 
former Vice President Mike Pence, we mentioned. Um, former Congressman Will Hurd of Texas. Uh, you mentioned Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. Former Governor Chris Christie of New Jersey. And Governor Doug Burgum of North Dakota. Mitt Romney mentioned it all? No. Think he'll take another run at it? Um, not uh, not among the mentioned at the, at this time. There's a good possibility we could see somewhere between 15 and 20 different candidates before primaries roll around that we'll uh, be debating. Let's get the, the only reason why I think say that we'll probably see a dark horse is because you look back through history, the people who are leading right now almost never are the people who win the primaries. Now, Donald Trump has a big advantage because you don't very often see a former president who didn't get elected in the following presidential yeah. election then get a well, this get, is, get in on a, another primary. Yeah, so he's got only, a lot this of drama. This is only the second time. Uh, Harley, or, Glenn's, or would be if it happens. Harley, Glenn's Ferry. We got about a minute here. Uh, hi, uh, sorry, guys. I'm kind of going backwards here, but uh, hey, Mike, uh, my sister uh, is suing you for a million dollars because she claims you raped her. Are you going to plead guilty? She's a whack job. Oh, oops! Oh, that's oops. There now you I go. see. There you go. Now I can be sued for libel because I called her a whack job, even though I don't know her. Oh wait, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the claim from the president too. No, if if you're innocent, don't you plead your innocence? Well, you don't have you're to. You're saying that you're no, you're, not, not, you're, you're confusing you, yeah, you two different types of court cases. You, you don't plead in. Uh, a civil case, you just, uh, uh, you know, you you say that no, that's not true. I I didn't, you know, do anything. And you don't have to plead okay. innocent or guilty, and you're not found innocent or guilty. You're just found liable or okay. not. Okay, okay, Chris. Would would if you if you felt you were not guilty, would you would you just fork it out and pay it? Is that that's what Mike was saying? No, no, I, I didn't. I didn't say that at all. No, I would go to court in in the same way. And and but I would I would definitely show up for court. I would also I would, if I, I would mount if a I defense. Lost, if I lost the original case of libel and defamation, I wouldn't double down and call her a whack job again because she's already proved that she'll take it to court and sue me. So twenty years ago, then that that's okay. And no, he, he actually he actually said that nobody, nobody said he it was said okay. that this weekend. It's just the way things ended up working out. I'm just trying to put it back in your shoes to see how you guys would react if 20. It was actually more than 20 years ago. Yeah, no, I get it, and that's why there was no criminal no. case, and, and this is just a civil case. Sorry, we're up on on time here, Harley. Okay, thank you. Uh, appreciate Thanks, the call. Appreciate the thoughts. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. We've got news coming up here next. If you want to get through, you can also email us if you would like. Six seventy KBOI on Alexa. First, say Alexa, enable the six seventy KBOI skill. Then, when you want to listen, say Alexa, open six seventy KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and. Chris. Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Once again, phone lines are open if you want to uh, weigh in on the presidential race. Do you have a favorite in the early going? We're uh, a little less than a year from uh, primaries, but uh, I don't know when the debates will start, but I, I would guess within the six, seven month range, we'll start maybe seeing the first GOP debate trying to uh, weed out some of the people that are in. We still don't have a full roster of everybody. Ron DeSantis hasn't officially entered the race. He's expected to do so this week. Chris just read you a list of other possibilities possibilities that might be entering. No, uh, no sure things on that list, though. Who do you like 
as of right now in the uh, early going. Um, do you like Tim Scott? I personally, like I said, I, I do like Tim Scott. I, I like the positiveness uh, of it, uh, but not everybody's on the same page. Um, for instance, Kathy writes in, says his cadence on his speech sounded like he was mimicking Obama, kind of made my stomach turn. So I don't, know, I don't know if she doesn't like Tim Scott or just doesn't like the fact that she thinks Tim sounds a little like Obama. I think that's what it that probably means. But it definitely sounds like she doesn't like Obama. Yeah. All right. A um, couple of other things to mention. One is a programming note for you. Coming up uh, this weekend, of course, we know... Every Memorial Day, the Indy 500, one of the most prestigious Indy races in the world, one of the most prestigious races, period, uh, happens this coming Sunday. And it's of interest to a lot of us here in Idaho because we have a racer from Payette, Idaho, Stingray Rob, 21 years old, a rookie on the Indy car racing circuit. He actually made the qualification by the hair of his chinny-chin-chin <laughs> this past Sunday, and he will be racing in his first Indianapolis 500, his first of what, you know, his family, friends, and many people hope will be many. He'll be starting on the last lane of the race. I think he's the second to last entrant, um, you know, but he's there. He made it. You can't, you can't win the race if you're not in the race. So he is in the race. And I thought there was no way in the world I was going to have a chance race week to be able to talk to Stingray Rob. Um, so um, I was kind of sneaky about it. I went around everybody and went to his mom. And I emailed <laughs> his mom yesterday and asked, hey, um, all his fans here in the Treasure Valley would probably like to feel and uh, hear how he feels uh, about his race in the Indianapolis 500 and qualifying. And uh, so would, you, would, it be, would he be willing to talk? I got an email late last night that said, yes, I would love everybody in listening area be able to hear about Stingray Rob, the Indianapolis 500. The family's really happy. Mom and dad were there. Grandma and grandpa were there. There were tears by everybody. Stingray mm-hmm. Rob was crying. Mom was crying. We're also going to talk with mom. Kimmy is his mom. And... um Get her feelings on there because it was a very tense last half hour because he was just barely in the field. And he, if he has two race, two racers that come out and race faster than him, it knocks him out. So he's sitting in his car waiting and waiting and then lucked out. One person get, did get wow. knocked out, but not two people. So he ends up making the Indianapolis 500. Tomorrow morning at about 835, we will talk to him. One other sporting moment that i want to get to this morning and i have some audio from this michael block we talked about him yesterday he is a uh, pga touring pro he does not play the pga he wanted to make sure that he could feed his family and had an income you know beyond hoping to make a putt on sunday um, to be able to make a check so he works as a teaching pro that's his job he would have to give about 1,500 lessons to make the amount of money that he made on Sunday at the PGA Championships. Um, and you, you saw, he, he also was the story of the day on Sunday, even though um, he didn't win. He made a hole-in-one on the back nine, which is just absolutely crazy, which with that hole-in-one became important because if he wouldn't have made a hole-in-one on that hole, he wouldn't have finished in the top 15. Hmm. He finished at 15, and if you finish in the top 15, you are automatically in for the PGA next year. He doesn't have to qualify. The other thing that it got him was a phone call yesterday. Hello? Michael? Yes. It's Michael Toth, the Terminator Director at Colonial. Hey, what's going on, Michael? 
great week, my friend. Congratulations. Don't tell me what you're going to tell me, because if you tell me, I'm going to start crying right now, man. I am going to tell you what I'm about to tell you. We would love for you to come play in our golf tournament, and we have an exemption available, and we'd love for you to be in Fort Worth this week. And I'm with the hair, the hair on my arm is standing up too. <laughs> so just take a deep breath. Um, but there's no better person for this last exception to go uh, to than you. Um, so the reason why uh, Michael Block is not talking there is because he's crying. <laughs> just like he warned. If you tell me what I'm, you're about the, to tell me, I'm going to start crying. Well, he got the the last automatic bid, the yeah. last exception. So he gets the uh, exception playing in the Charles Schwab Challenge coming up this weekend. Um, so very cool. Apparently, we found out over the weekend when it comes to sporting events, there is crying in NASCAR, or I mean <laughs> in Indy racing, and there's crying in golf. Because there was a lot of crying um, in the NASCAR race um, this past weekend, not mm-hmm. just from Stingray Rob tears of happiness but also the last person to uh get kicked out ray hall the last person to get kicked ah. out um and he kind of got kicked out by his dad because his dad is Bobby. in charge of the racing team yeah and he sent out his teammate jack harvey at the very last moment to qualify and he did he qualified but that kicked out his son yeah i don't i, I that's going to be a, an awkward thanksgiving at their house too he still gets to be the only one at the table who ever won. That's true. Although I don't think his son is probably going to care because it's like, Dad, <laughs> why did you send him out? I was in. All you had to do was say, nah, we're mm-hmm. not going to send you out. It is pretty amazing. I, I, I've watched them. <laughs> I, I know there's a lot that goes into indie racing. I don't know just exactly how much. But they had uh, four tires that were sitting there waiting to go on a car. And there was a cameraman that was there filming a story about how important the tires are. Yeah. And the head of the race team came up and said, hey, look, you got to move. And he goes, why? What's the problem? He goes, well, you're standing here and you're causing a shadow on the tires, and that's changing the temperature in the tires. Wow. Yeah, there's that much science involved in racing. Isn't that crazy? It's him standing there and causing shade on a couple of the tires was, was changing the temperature of the tires, which apparently... Made a big difference. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, anyway, tomorrow morning, 835, Stingray Rob, Pride of Payette, Pride of Idaho, will be on racing in the uh, Indianapolis 500 this weekend. Some emails to get to this morning. Um, this No name on this one says, can't believe you mentioned the guy's race. I think he's talking about Tim Scott here. Most conservatives could care less about someone's race. All I'm interested in is whether or not the guy is strong enough to stand up against the garbage the other side continually puts out and whether he can hold up against the deep state. You know, one hoax after another, one impeachment after another, one investigation after another. Still waiting for you guys to correctly report on the Durham report. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Well, you can keep waiting because Chris and I are not reporters. We are talk show hosts. So, yeah, we won't be reporting on it. Our news department, ABC News, has reported on it numerous times. Uh True. There's also a a kind of a cool thing that if you want more reports on the Durham report, you can uh, go to your Google machine and get it there, too. Just saying. Unless you're just waiting for us to say something you don't agree with so you can, you know, write in and tell us we're morons. You can do that anyway. Yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't matter. We, we encourage that anyway. Pick something we said in the past. <laughs> 
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to weigh in. Um, you can also email us. Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, our, our uh, texts machine is uh, down. So if you are texting us, um, not going to be able to continue to uh, text us yet. Um, it's been down for about a good five, six hours so far uh, this morning. Uh, so um, don't text us. If, you're gonna, if, if you can't call us, then you're going to have to email us. Once again, Mike at KBOI.com or Chris at KBOI.com. Another thing, uh, if you want to talk about this morning, if you want to weigh in on your thoughts on the Brian Kohlberger case, they have to decide within the next 60 days whether or not they will go after him with the death penalty. Prosecution has 60 days. Now, he did stand mute in court yesterday, so the judge had to enter a plea of not guilty for him. Yeah, what was that all about, anyway? I have no clue. I really don't. I, I really don't. We got a uh, somewhat kind of an explanation. Well, they were guessing. On, on why, um, according to some attorneys, play cut four for us here, would you? To start off the hearing, the judge read Brian Koberger his rights, and then he went and listed the five counts, the five charges that he's facing, those four counts of murder and that one count of burglary. Koberger declared that he understood the charges that he is facing, but as you said, when it came time for a plea, he remained silent. He did not enter a plea either way, and then his lawyer stood up and said, Your Honor, we are standing silent. And because of that, the judge had to enter not guilty pleas for him. Now, I just got off the phone with the University of Law professor who told me that this is highly unusual and it could have happened for a number of reasons. The first being that this case is under high, high scrutiny. There's a lot of attention on this case and so entering a plea either way uh, would offer a characterization. Obviously if he entered guilty then that would uh, he would assume guilt there. If he entered not guilty then it's possible people could have been outraged that he wasn't taking responsibility uh, for his alleged actions. So by not saying anything, there's no characterization either way. Oh, well, see, now that they explained it, I'm less outraged uh, about him just yeah, not saying nothing. That still makes no sense. By the way, that was sarcastic. People aren't going to be outraged that he pleaded not guilty. They're going to, you know, that's, that's what you do when you're accused of something. and Whether you're guilty or not, right? <laughs> well, for, for the most part, yeah. And the end result I mean, is you, exactly you either, the same. You either plead guilty and, you know, you well, you generally have a deal when you plead guilty but if you don't have a deal you plead not guilty and try to win your case but you don't just stand there like well, i don't care but i as i said the end result is exactly the same as if you had said not guilty because the judge, judge then is forced to so, enter the not guilty plea again for then you. why not just say you know not guilty and you seem like you know less of a what's the phrase i'm looking for weirdo as of right now um i guess for those of you who hate trials to go on and on and on like we have seen with Lori Vallow and Chad Daybill, which Chad Daybill, we still don't know. I don't think the court date where that trial will start. Lori Vallow is, of course, just found guilty after a few years. Um, This case might not go on for a long, long time, although we're still quite a ways away, but uh, because he did not want a uh, quick trial or did not... um, waive his right to a speedy trial, that means that uh, the case must come to trial by October. So first part of October, this case is due in court. Now, things could still change um, 
to where that case would be pushed back, as we've seen in, in previous cases, to even longer. But as of right now, uh, I believe I saw October 2nd is the date that they expect to begin a trial that would last about six weeks. We'll keep you updated on that coming up. Need to take a break? I uh, want to get through. Phone lines are open. We've got a few open right now. Um, if you're on the line, stay right where you're at. I promise we'll get to you coming up right after this break. 208-336-3700, toll-free 1-800-529-5264, and pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Hey, look at that. Our text line is back open and working. Um, I especially appreciate all of you who uh, listened to us all morning and didn't text us. Good news is those texts don't go away. Um, I'll get to uh, some of those uh, on the way here. One of them, interesting take on the Brian Koberger case. When it comes to Brian Koberger and whether or not there's going to be the death penalty, I say there should be a death penalty, but it should be at the request of all the victims' families, and they should have the right to do whatever it is chosen to kill the to kill Brian Colbert. I don't. I, I get where you're coming from. I'm not sure if the family it's, they may be for the death penalty, but maybe don't want to pull the trigger on it. It sets firing a, squad. It does set a strong press or a, a strange precedent if you do that. I mean, should the victims' families always get to choose on what happens to? Uh, mm. The perpetrator, assuming they're found guilty. And what happens? You have more than one victim here also. What happens if one family says, yeah, he, he deserves a death penalty? And, and the one says, the, no, we don't believe in the death penalty. Yeah. Uh, then what do you do? So, and you yeah, don't have I, it. I get where you're coming from. I don't yeah. think it would work. Jerry and Eagle, thanks for being patient, uh, listening to us on 670 AM. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. You were asking about uh, presidential uh, choices there. Who do you like? Who do you primary. like? My number one issue in 2024 is school choice, and um, I'm going to go behind. I'm going to get behind Ron DeSantis 100%. Uh, what he's done in Florida on school choice. My big Democrat sister in Fort Myers, Florida, uh, thinks that he's really making a difference as far as learning outcomes for minority children in Florida. So uh, Trump and Betsy DeVos, they failed to do anything with school choice so they're out and DeSantis is my guy so your your number one thing that you want in the presidential election is uh school choice that's your number one item on your list that, that's my number one I mean we, we've got to do something to cha- turn things around in this country in the area of education which is a passion of mine and uh school choice I believe is the answer and we we got to do something different and uh, what DeSantis is doing in Florida is working, so let's give that a shot nationwide, and I think he can make it happen. Is there a downside to school choice at all? Well, it's um, first of all, there's going to be a huge paradigm shift with uh, the educational system, the teachers' union, parents, and and things like that, because it's, it's, school choice could bring about uh, changes in curriculum, year-round schools, uh, the growth of private schools, things like that. So this is going to be a huge paradigm shift, and it's going to take some getting used to. But we've got to try something. The public school system is failing miserably in this country. Thank you for the call, Jerry. Appreciate it. 
Um, text message, 208-336-3700. Just Curious writes, why do so many people defend Trump? He's a known misogynist. He's been convicted of civil court, has had multiple accusers of sexual abuse and rape. He has six BKs. What's BKs? Bishop Kelly. <laughs> Uh, multiple failed businesses will be convicted, fingers crossed. Bankruptcies, okay. Um, Of espionage and voter interference in Georgia, would you ask the listeners why they are so vested in Trump? He's an awful human being, just curious. You can be an awful human being and still be president, can't you? Have we we had Um, awful human beings who have ended up being good presidents in the history of the United States? I mean, that's just an opinion. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be one to judge, but I think one would assume that we've had some that were bordering on awful. And did they actually, were they actually decent presidents? You know what I mean? I, I think, again, my, in our, my, my opinion is, I think you can be what someone yeah. might consider an a-hole or a bad human being. And or a b-hole still, or a c-hole, yeah, whatever. Or, yeah. or, and still be a good president. It depends on if their ideals line up with yours. Then does it matter if they're a bad human being as long as you get what you want? Well, there's there's something to be said for just uh, you know keep uh, keeping the search going until you find someone who not only has the same ideals as you but is also a halfway decent person. Yeah, I I mean I don't I'll look, don't don't just stop when you find part of the package. And I'll look at this at the flip side. There are plenty of great great people who are amazing who would probably make horrible presidents. So the flip side can also be true. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to weigh in, now's a chance to do it. Phone lines are open. We'll take a break. We've got news coming up next. We'll get back to your phone calls and emails coming up. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Hey, look, the Dow's up two points. Wow. It was, two. was down about 80 points just a little while ago, so anything in the green right now over the last half hour is good. It's better anyway. Yeah. I'll, I'll take I'll take green over 80 points down any day. Oh, now it's up seven points. Look, it keeps going up as we talk about it. Mm. Uh, you can also email us, by the way, to get in today at tool uh, at Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Our text line is working again, so you can now text us at 208-336-3700. Text message on a subject we talked about a little bit earlier this morning says, uh, the Pentagon should be using the replacement cost for the weapons system. Since we need to replace that equipment, it should be different if Ukraine was actually paying us for anything for the equipment. Now, in case you uh, forget... There was a huge accounting error, apparently, with the Pentagon in $3 billion. I mean, $1 billion, maybe $2 billion, not that big. $3 billion starts to be a big accounting, <laughs> accounting error. This has at least $3 billion that it didn't know it had that it can use for Ukraine aid. That's a hell of an accounting error, um, and it provides a lot of fodder to critics of USA to Ukraine and critics who say there's not enough oversight going on. Um, are you concerned about this accounting error? Well, one thing I just want to make clear, that is not money that went out the, dis- the door and disappeared. That is not uh, a waste of that $3 billion. It is simply a tally of how much military equipment we have given them. And the way that the Pentagon was counting it was, what's the replacement cost 
for the equipment we provide rather than just the actual cost of that equipment. Once you make that adjustment, it turns out we have an additional $3 billion that we can spend uh, to provide even more weapons to Ukraine. And at the end of the day, not one penny of U.S. dollars will have gone missing or have been misallocated. It will all be provided in the form of equipment to Ukraine on the battlefield. Uh, unless we don't send that $3 billion to mm-hmm. Ukraine to put on the battlefield. We're, we're having a big fight over increasing the debt ceiling right now and wanting to cut costs. Here is an easy way, because of this $3 billion error in accounting, that the United States didn't even realize we had $3 billion sitting there because it hasn't been used. It was right. just, it was accounted for in an error. So here's $3 billion but, you don't have to spend because yes, you didn't even know you had it to send to the Ukraine. But yes, you're right. That's a lot to miss. <laughs> Isn't it? I don't know who the person who was in charge of accounting, which accounting person, what school you went to. I don't, I don't care about that. You make a $3 billion error. Why do you still have a job? <laughs> Darren in Nampa. Thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you. Good morning. Yeah, I was just listening a little bit about, you know, who you want for president. And I love DeSantis. Don't get me wrong. He's really good. But I would still vote for Trump. And the reason why is because the Democrats are scared to death of him. And, and that's, what, that's the question I'd want to know is why. He takes away their power. He takes away their, you know, their, their boys club. Just they're scared to death of him. And all these, and this is last he's guilty of show me something that he's guilty of yet just because the news media says that i watch the news and i hear the stupid crap they say and it's and it's not true but people hear it and they just assume it's true you know talking about all that he's never been convicted of anything nothing most of what they say about him is a lie and, and then we got on the other hand we got all these things that seem to be true about the other side of the aisle and nobody will lift a finger to do anything about it. They're afraid of Trump. They're scared to death of him. He had our country in a great place. The other nation's leaders are afraid of him. That's why I would vote for Trump. You can also um, say, Darren, I think uh, your opinion would be valid, too, that Democrats are afraid of DeSantis because of the attacks on DeSantis that are going on right now from the uh, left. They also have about 400... He hasn't even announced that he's president, and the Democrats have dropped about 400 pages of opposition research on him. So, I mean, right. granted, no, I, yeah. it's expected he's going I to run. That. Yeah. yeah. So he's you ha- going to be a get. You know, that's why I like DeSantis too. I like DeSantis too. It's just that Trump, I think, has the. I, I think if he got in, he was going to do the things that maybe another politician wouldn't do, which is go after these other criminals on the other side who we know are criminals who have lied, who have the Durham report saying that they lied and, and cheated and did all this stuff. You know, Hunter Biden, all this stuff, just break up their system of how they do business and start investigating their criminal activities, and they're scared to death of that happening. Thank you for Jeffrey the call. Jeffrey Epstein, who's involved with that? I mean, they're scared of Trump. Well, let's not get into the whole Jeffrey Epstein. That, I mean, we haven't got that kind on the left on our show today. No, no, I'm just talking <laughs> about all the people who are, who are involved. People are going to need to find out, and they don't want anybody to know. I think it's, I think you, it's telling. Do you, before, I think it's politically telling. Before I let you go, do you really think we are ever going to find who was involved with Jeffrey Epstein or anybody? Maybe, is anybody, do you think, ever going to be charged? 
No, I don't think anybody's ever going to be charged. What I'm surprised at is is Ghislaine Maxwell still alive. Interesting. All right. Thank you for the call, Darren. Appreciate it. You bet. Text message in uh, said, hey, guys, just to follow up, can you ask your listeners who support Trump what Trump has done for the middle class? His tax cuts from 2018 uh, has in large part caused the tax deficit we presently experience. His China trade war hurt our farmers and the cost of products wanting out of NATO. So not only is he an awful human in his policies, he has hurt the middle class and the disadvantaged as well. So what has he done for us and you and I? He cares little for the middle class, in my opinion. Thanks for the good content. All right, there's your challenge. This person who wrote in a text message if you're middle or lower class, why do you like Trump? He wants to know why you like Trump. What has he done for you with his policies? Not because he's a nice guy or a bad guy or an a-hole or whatever. His policies. Curious why some of our listeners still support Trump. If you want to call in, 208-336-3700. Lee Joe and CUNA, long time no talk. Good morning to you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, reasons why you should not vote for Donald Trump. Number one, he's never read the Constitution. Uh, COVID came out of his White House and the deep state. Uh, he, he doesn't know the difference between deep state and, and the hole in the ground. He understands how to make an, a lot of noise and uh, get the media mad at him, which we're all, you know, that's great stuff. But as far as actual content of his uh, ability to lead after COVID, it was garbage and his ability to discern truth from fiction, garbage. We gave him four years to, uh, quote-unquote, clean out the deep state, and all he did was support it. Um, so I, I, Trump is not the uh, end-all, be-all, and, and why would we give him a second chance when he couldn't do it in the first round? All right, so that's now, my, now to the question. question we're asking this morning. Who do you want to see as the next GOP presidential candidate? I think DeSantis read read the Constitution. Tim Scott's good. Anybody but Trump. I think he's demonstrated. So you, you like anybody that's entered the race or will enter the race so far? Anybody except Trump. Right. We we have a track record of absolute failure there, which people want to just gloss over and say, "Yeah, give him another chance because he makes them mad." Yeah, anybody can make him mad, but you got to read the Constitution to defend the individual rights of each person. Uh, you know, and not go along with this. Uh, we have the right to shut people down. It's right. completely unconstitutional. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Well, and Thank see, you. that's a, an answer from the other side where he's saying, because uh, uh, based on what I read, it, liberals aren't afraid of Trump or, or DeSantis. They just think they're idiots. In the same way that, you know, Republicans think a lot of the Democrats are yeah. idiots. They're not really afraid of them. Yeah. Um, they just they don't they don't share the same end game. Democrats have a completely different thing that they need to worry about whether or not they like Biden or not. You know, you're never going to see a hardcore Democrat just like you wouldn't see a Republican vote for the other party. No, probably not. But. We've we've heard the polling. There are a lot of Democrats. A majority of Democrats don't want to see Biden running in the next right. election. And so they've got another problem. They've got to decide, is it better for me to vote 
for Biden, who is the incumbent. And you're not going to see your top party members running against an incumbent, even though that's true. You have to answer the question. There is a real probably 50 50 percent possibility that Joe Biden will not be alive by the end of the next term if he is elected again. And I say that just based on actuarial evidence. There are just not a lot of people that live to the age of 86, which is what he will be when he leaves office. And I think that's the majority of Democrats. Their problem, it's not necessarily his policies. It's that they don't want to see Kamala Harris become president of the United States. And we've already seen Joe Biden isn't going to make a switch. Joe Biden has already endorsed Kamala Harris as his vice president and keeps claiming that she has done a way better job than anybody thinks that you know, she has done. You know, the safest age to be is 100. You know why? Because so few people die after 100. <laughs> uh, Joe in Boise. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Who do you want to see as uh, president from the GOP side in the next election? Yeah, that's a. Uh, I, I don't want to see Trump, and it's not because I, I fear Trump or I think that the Democrats fear Trump. I, I think it's because we don't like his authoritarian policies. We don't like the way he runs the country. And he he really doesn't run the country. He's out golfing more than anything. And uh, when he when he is running the country, he says crazy, weird things. And he, I don't think he's all there. I mean, a lot of people say that uh, that um, Biden isn't all there. But gosh, man, Trump says some really weird stuff. And uh, the whole COVID thing, you know, putting light in your body and drinking. Uh, drinking uh, um, cleanser and you know he, he doesn't think before he gets up there on the podium and the man is deranged and you know t- to the point of that uh, um, text where they talked about how he's not a good person he <laughs> all of those things point to what type of person he is and what kind of decisions he makes and and that's where I struggle. At least we've got a president right now that makes some moral decisions, some decisions that have moral consequences that are good. Never did. And the idea that uh, he uh, he went against NATO. I mean, those are our NATO allies. Where would we be at right now if NATO was gone? And that's where we were going. We were going toward a path of, of being out of NATO. Yeah, I, but so NATO wouldn't NATO wouldn't be gone. Me. NATO wouldn't have just because we wouldn't have been in NATO doesn't mean NATO disappears. NATO would still be there. No, it doesn't. But it would still be there. But they certainly wouldn't have the power that they have now. Yeah. Thank you for the call, um, Joe. Appreciate it. You know, the 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 other part in this whole this thing all fits into age. Um, G seven summit in Japan. Um, some of the things that he he had to say in Japan when he was giving his speeches, people are like, all right, what did he just say? Here's an example. And there's a lot of other, for example, the idea that we're, uh, in terms of uh, taxes, that they refuse to, for example, we, uh, I was able to balance the budget and pass everything from the, the global warming bill. Anyway, I was able to cut by $1.7 billion in the first two years the deficit that we uh, were were accumulating. And uh, because I was able to say to it that 
the 55 corporations in America that made 40, 400 billion dollars, or 40 billion dollars, 400 billion dollars, that uh, they uh, they hit pay zero in tax, zero. What? Didn't understand, didn't understand a thing he said there. He had a lot of thoughts hitting him at one time there. <laughs> Here was another um, big gaffe um, last week in Japan. Take a listen to this one. I've spoken at length with President Loon of South Korea. He came to Washington of late. The president of South Korea is not President Loon. Now, maybe that was his thoughts uh, on the president. <laughs> South Korea's president is Yoon Suk-yeol. So, Yoon. If you want to use his first name, yeah. He wasn't even close. And uh, once again, this is at a G7 summit, and you've got people going, what does he say? What, who, what, which president? Well, Yoon would be his last name in Korean. Is it? Yeah. First name, it would, be, it would, it would be his yeah. family name or surname. Yeah. So he, he missed that. He got, he got a couple of letters wrong, but uh, 208-336-3700. In, one gaffe, like I said, with President Biden wouldn't be a bad thing. Unfortunately, it's like almost every day. And that's part of the age thing that people buy into and say, look, his age, he, he's having trouble even talking. And if you listen to his speeches now, even compared to just two years ago, they're night and day different from when he was camp. Like if you go back to when he was campaigning, for instance, mm-hmm. and to hear speeches of as president now in just the three years since that time has taken place it's completely different on how he speaks and the only thing you can attribute that to is it's got to be age i don't know what else it could be 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless we'll take a break one final segment on the way listen to kboi online go to kboi.com and click the listen live button now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi couple of text messages in uh, answers to someone in written in earlier this morning wanting to know from our listeners who support Trump why they support him if they're middle and low income what have they done or what has Trump done for them a couple of people uh, saying in I like paying a dollar 65 a gallon for gas when Trump was president another uh, text message NATO is really good at dragging us into war with Ukraine and Russia so there's that uh, another one, I voted for Trump so that the U.S. could continue to develop our own energy resources and be the largest any energy to producer in the world. Scott Caldwell, thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you. Hey, how are you doing? Good. This is Scott. Yes. Who do you want to see? Okay, cool. who, who would you like to see as uh Well, besides all the stuff you know you just mentioned about, you know, I want Trump, obviously. Um He'll only have four years. He'll be able to go in there and clean house, not have to worry about reelection. And for the other guys, you know, they were all talking about how Trump didn't do anything. Well, the first two years of his presidency was hindered by Russia, Russia, Russia. He did get the Abram Accords done. The Democrats said it couldn't be done. He got it done. It was, once again, lower gas prices, the border. I mean, he'll be able to go in and clean house and not have to worry about reelection. And then let DeSantis come in and govern. You know, that's just the way I feel about it. But those other do, guys really do you, need to do some research. I don't know if it would ever happen, but what do you think about a Trump-DeSantis ticket? I think that'd be the way to go, but unfortunately, you know, there's a little bit of bad air between them. I don't know if it would be cleaned up right now or not. Um, you know, that would that would be the way to go, honestly. All right. 
Well, you got to you got to think. Have Trump you, you look back clean to house, and then have DeSantis come in and you know do the governing part later. In the you know, primary, uh, Biden and uh, Kamala Harris were not best of friends either. They yeah. uh, were able to put <laughs> well, their differences I, I, aside. Well, and then one guy really bothered me. You know, he was talking about the COVID thing and how Trump screwed it all up. Well, he was taking advice from the best advisors at the time, i.e., Dr. Fauci. So, um, you know, where you get your information from, you got to kind of make decisions on that. Any good businessman does that. So, you know, you can't blame Trump, all the COVID thing. And they really need to do some research on the drinking bleach and all that crap because that never happened. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate the call. Bob, also in Caldwell listening this morning. You got about a minute. Hey, this is Bob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the guy just said what I was going to say about supporting Donald Trump. Based on the last couple of calls, not the last one, but the ones before about authoritarian and stuff like that, all the stuff that was said, like the guy said, Trump took advice from the best advisors on the COVID thing, but he did more in four years than any other president ever has. And the deal with the he said to get out of NATO because he wanted to take a Democrat talking point. He wanted them to pay their fair share, and if they weren't going to pay their fair share, he wouldn't support them. So that's the whole thing. I mean, some of these other people that made their comments this morning either don't pay attention or they're getting bad news from somebody because half the stuff, most of the stuff they talked about never happened. Like you said, bleach, put bleach in your arm. That was a joke. That wasn't serious, but the media played it up like it was. So, you know, basically I support the guy, and if he can run more than one more time, I'd still vote for him. Does that make my time? Well, yeah, yes. Uh, and, yeah, he can't run. One time is going to be it. Um, thanks, Bob. Yeah, Appreciate I it. I guess, I guess he could realistically maybe run uh, more than one time. So if he gets voted as president and then yeah. chosen as the vice president for can, somebody and that president dies. You can only get elected twice. You can lose as many elections as you want. <laughs> Uh, you're not wrong. Um, one more uh, text message says, Mike, even if gas is up 10 cents a gallon, that's only $2 more on 20 gallons. No biggie. I spill more whiskey than that. Um, it's It's gone up 10 cents a gallon overnight. All right. It's gone up 60 cents a gallon since three or four months ago. So really you're talking about, about $12 a fill up more than you would have three or four months ago here in the Treasure Valley anyway. So looks like it's going to be at $4 a gallon. Coming up tomorrow morning, uh, it's all the time we have for today. Stingray Rob is going to be racing in the Indianapolis 500. I was able to get him on, even though this is race week. Um, <laughs> I was able to do that by talking to his mom, and his mom made him come on the show with us coming up tomorrow morning. Oh, you got to love moms. We'll also talk to mom about her thoughts. That all will be coming up tomorrow morning on the show. Be listening in then.